0: thrilled to have the institutional fundraising platform instrumental join us as a multi-episode sponsor in season five instrumental ceo gari mongluk has created a mini series of grant tips to help you be more efficient and strategic in your grant seeking listen in on today's tidbit what are the most important things
1: a grant writer can find out using a 990
0: yeah there's a lot of juicy information on 990 uh, there's the median amount, the overall giving and assets as kind of like a summary of that will give you a picture of what this funder is like in terms of giving. Um, you'll certainly want to look at their past grantees and make sure that their giving is aligned in both in terms of geography, uh, as well as the overall like category of nonprofits they've given to. And then you'll also want to look at um, like their openness to new grantees. So do they give to how often do, are they giving to new grantees versus repeat? Because that will really inform your strategy. If a funder gives just 10% to new grantees, then you'll know that you'll need to focus probably more on relationship building versus if they give to like 60% new grantees. And you can find all of that very easily on Instrumental.
1: To find out more, check out instrumental.com. Use coupon code HEYDAY50 for $50 off the first month of Instrumental. That's (laughs) I-N-S-T-R-U-M-E-N-T-L.com.
0: Greetings, I'm Kimberly Day Mova. And I'm Amanda Day. And you are listening to... Season 5 of the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. Oh, oops. <laughs> We're here to help you make sense of
1: the complex world of grant writing and fundraising, and maybe just life in general. I'm just saying. Why not? We know we know what we know, and we know what we don't know, and what we don't know is a lot, but we know some good things too. <laughs> Whether you work for a non local government, or are a consultant who serves them we are here for you on fundraising heyday we will cover the how to's but we also want to explore the whys of things why are things this way and do they need to keep being this way including poking the bear the growling grizzly bear of inequity that roams the world of philanthropy and actually the entire world i'm just sure that bear gets around
0: yep and we're doing this every two weeks with the help of experts in the field and our particular brand of entertainment which if you listen to us more than once you know it includes songs yep pad songs but songs nonetheless <laughs> cheesy sound effects <laughs> and y'all get said because learning does not have to be boring, Absolutely. It? So let's get started today.
1: This podcast is brought to you by our season five sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Don't let grants stress you out. Their team can help you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, mock review, as well as providing numerous DIY resources, guides, and templates. Did you know? That with every Fundraising Heyday episode, we create a coordinating blog post on their website, dhleonardconsulting.com. Check it out today.
0: So, Kimberly, I have a feeling that this is going to be one of those episodes where you are nodding along with what we're saying. By you, I mean you, dear listener. Um, because we're totally going to be preaching to the choir today. Choir! Preaching to the Choir! <laughs> Sorry, just we're just preaching to the choir. Yeah. But, but
1: we're preaching to the choir in hopes of sharing information and perhaps gathering ideas for change, okay? Absolutely. In fact, you may want to share this link with every grant funder you know that falls into the categories that we're going to be discussing today anonymously, of
0: course. Yep, that's right, because today we're talking about funder-led grant workshops that are about their specific application process. Specifically, we're talking how very bad so many of these can be. And I have a feeling many of you already have your worst-case example in mind as oh, yeah. I see Kimberly across the room just I'm already making head. the
1: face and y'all it's a resting face I and mean, <laughs> I don't need to fill in the rest of it.
0: <laughs> yeah we've all been there oh. forced to attend a mandatory funder workshop for the 12th time in a row knowing you'll never get the next two hours of your life back but hey that's just the way it is right <laughs> clearly I've been there and I'm not bitter
1: oh not at all there's <laughs> no bitterness in here but listen, y'all, you know, if you've been listening for a while, you'll know this. And if you're new, welcome and thank you. And 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 and, and you're more than welcome in this, in this space. And we hope you get something you like out of this. But listen, if you've been around for a while, you know that if Amanda <laughs> is starting with Tales of Woe out of the gate, she's got some strong feelings. I myself freely share thoughts and feelings on just about any topic on any given day. And Amanda is the nice one. So if Amanda is
0: on it about and i'm on it y'all this (laughs) not the idea of technical assistance because i know i love it
1: i applaud you technical assistance um it's let's put some thought into it and also um as we'll explore ways that it can work to the benefit not only of the attendee and applicant but also make life easier for the funder Mm -hmm. so and then Mm -hmm. everybody wins and so we're just gonna you know just give you a moment to put on your choir robes and um start swaying softly (laughs) as as amanda
0: jumps in (laughs) well before we get into the complaints about thunder led (laughs) grant workshops let me say that i really do appreciate the good and the helpful workshops. Absolutely. I appreciate funders who give of their time and their insights to help us grant seekers put together a better proposal. But sadly most of the ones I've attended I found the opposite to be true. They're they're not very helpful. So let's get down let's go down the list of what not to do when leading a grant workshop.
1: And again, these are funder or agency sponsored grant workshops also known as technical assistance yes many of which are mandatory so if you're make yeah. it mandatory make let's it good. make it good
0: yeah <laughs> yeah we're talking about they they're letting you know hey grant money is coming down the pike so you want to come to our workshop to learn about the specific application that's what we're talking about today Actually, So
1: i believe i do have the first one you
0: do go kimberly
1: da, 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 da. so we're swaying in the background softly and tenderly technical assistance is calling <laughs> Anyway, um, born and raised in the South, what can I tell you?
0: She is the preacher's daughter. I'm a
1: preacher's kid, and everything you've heard about them is all true. Okay? (laughs) Just whatever. Approach with caution. Um, Number one, for the love of all that's holy.
0: Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: (laughs) Do not read the grant proposal to us. Y'all did a magnificent job, or at least I'm saying that to be polite. Mostly good job in creating the RFP and answering the questions. We're going to look at it. We're going to read it. Now, You should you be offering accessible ways to either listen or hear your RFP? Yes, but there are ways to do that that do not involve reading it out loud for everyone there are all kinds of devices and things and that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about you're going to make me come to the workshop and I'm but I'm going to come anyway because I'm always like I want to learn something new well then let's learn something new Let's don't read what is there. Um, We can do that on our own. And if you are a seasoned grant pro, you probably have a quiver full of highlighters or you have your online notation systems and your comments all set up to handle this. So instead, maybe point out the sections of your RFP that in the past have tripped up um, applicants. Maybe you see a trend and maybe you might use this time to go back and look at those sections. And is there a way those sections could be worded a little better? And that's your grant writing ASMR for today. Okay, looking at that, looking at that. But uh, but seriously, you know, maybe it could be something as simple as eligibility. Yeah. Which can be very confusing. Um, match, right? Yeah. What's your match? What do you consider in kind? What is this? What is that? When um, um, requested documentation that's a little outside the normal bounds of like, project, budget, org chart, bios, job descriptions. Maybe you need a special certification from the state. I know certain, certain yep. foundations in Georgia, they, uh, they ask for a... Um, of course, the name escapes me now, but it's a Secretary of State certificate kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you, this may not surprise you, but it's, it's not easy to find on the website for the state of Georgia. Shucker! But, <laughs> um, but seriously, though, just walking someone through that, here's what we need. I'm not going to get into the whys right now, but it's almost like, do you really? But if they're saying something specific that they need that they know is difficult to find what a great use of technical assistance time Absolutely. to talk
0: about that Yep. um one of my biggest gripes is that they don't give you very much time to prepare for this workshop meaning they'll tell you hey next week wednesday at 10 this is the workshop mm-hmm. and you know grant writers we work really hard but we go on vacation and we oh. have other meetings and Or we just have a lot of stuff going on like anyone. And especially what if you're not a grant
1: writer? What if you are other duties as a signed grant writer? You may be the executive director. You may be the development director. You may be a volunteer. It's like we need a week's,
0: more than a week's worth of notice. Yeah. uh, Personally, I really... Appreciate when they give you a month's notice. Now I know sometimes that's not always realistic, but at least two weeks. How about a save the date? Can we do a save yeah. the date? Because y'all know when you're opening your grant, you exactly. know about the grant cycle. Yes. So oh, I'm getting oh, I'm already getting. Started yeah, with this. <laughs> it is quite annoying though when it's like oh man, I'd love to be there, but I'm already double booked that hour. So hmm, who can go in my place? And I hope it's someone who really pays attention and takes good notes. Mm-hmm. Um, in that same vein. If it is at all
1: possible, please do not offer just one workshop date. If it is Wednesday and Wednesday is the only day and you can only send it out a week in advance because of some, I don't know, issues that have arisen in your workplace because that happens, how about either doing a repeat or a, um, we'll get into some other um, ideas later on, but like doing, if you record, the first one is live the second and third ones may not be live in terms of the slides that they're going through, but they'll have someone running the chat, right? So you can listen to it, and then somebody can just run the chat and answer questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, just something like that to give people more more flexibility and being able to access this information that should make it easier for both grant maker and
0: grant seeker oh yeah i will tell you one of the agencies that i think does the most amazing job at this is actually a state agency it's the georgia um, state parks and historic sites okay they have about three different grant programs that are associated with um park improvements and they announce about a month ahead of time they send emails to everybody who's on their email list fair. they usually give four different workshop dates then you know and so it's such a great job because number one i go and i hear about three different grant programs at one time instead of having to go three different mm, fair workshops and so they do some a really good job of aligning like they're they don't all come out on the exact same day but they make sure to have the workshops ahead of any of the grants being released and it's i love them for that they do that every year they do this and look at you singing the sing praise them. of state agency i know oh, they're pretty awesome you i do i do okay so let's go to uh, our next item um this is really a pet peeve of mine. They open up the RFP and they may give you a month or more. Sure, which is nice. It, which is we lovely. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. Well, we, anytime I get more than 30 days to work on an application. Anytime I get more than a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm talking Fed stuff here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We need, yeah, yeah, they yeah. Ha- actually, by law, they have to give you
1: 30 days. So when they give more, it's really lovely. Yeah, you know what? Does the law specify how they have to give that information? Because
0: I have thoughts and feelings There's about There's that this. too. But... Even though they've opened it up early, they don't do the workshop until a week or two before the application is due. Okay, not helpful. So yeah, it's not because I've already started working on things because I'm not going to wait till the week before to put together some big proposal. Okay, I'm not talking like a no. simple one-page no, 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 no. LOI. I'm talking about this a big, meaty application that you need all full thirty days. And so I may have questions, or there may be some things mm-hmm. nuances that I don't understand, or I may suddenly they may say something at the workshop like yeah even though these types of projects are eligible that's not really what we're looking for this year well great now i've wasted three weeks of my life on a project that's probably not going to get funded because the funder just told me that so that's my frustration when they wait till closer to the deadline it makes the workshop seem like a total afterthought like they really don't care Mm -hmm. it's it's beyond frustrating.
1: I am wonder if this would be a good time to share that sort of how important it is to be able to determine things that may not be clear in the RFP yeah. or the NOFA. Go for it. Um, a couple of recent cases, um, and, and in one case I was working with a client and they actually had identified this state opportunity and thought it was a, a great fit, it was coming up coming in hot as the children say. Yes. And I thought, okay, let me go check this out. And so I'm sitting in on the technical assistance call and was able to ask this question and love the fact that I could um, ride in the chat and ask this question three times because I still could not believe their answer. But this agency was not actually eligible for that grant, but it wasn't really specified in the RFP in a way that was immediately clear in the technical assistance call. It was made clear. And, you know, your girl here, I was like, um, just to clarify. And then I was like one more time. And finally, I'm like, you must tell me if this is true or not. You know. <laughs> then I started using like, like mo- monosyllabic uh, responses and I cut and pasted the, <laughs> the interactions in to show it to the client later. But it was like, it was a technicality, but it was a big one. Yeah, and not eligible. It's a big it's technicality. Big. And, and fortunately, unfortunately they did not fall into that category. They had the technical assistance workshop very early in the process. Yeah. But again, it there's lots of there's lots of ways to take that. But anyway, just the just being I'm not anti-technical assistance. Being able to clarify, I can make the argument, why didn't y'all clarify it before? Well, they didn't. But being able to get that clarity in an open-ended discussion format was super-duper helpful. Because unless you're experienced in reading all the fine print,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I I had another um, client relate the experience that they had spent several hours preparing a grant and they there was something in the eligibility that required a certain partnership that they did not have. What This was an anecdote. I didn't see the RFP, but I'm like, that's a lot of time to spend and then get knocked out on a technicality. Maybe a good technical, assist, timely technical assistance workshop could have saved that. And they could have spent that time, you
0: know, helping people doing now, what they do. Well, and if you've ever set in on, like, you know, we go for some of the same grants over and over and yep, over yep, again, yep. which is fine. Um, it, it amazes me how every time there are the same questions, because every time there's somebody new who doesn't know how it Fair. works, but I want to be like, y'all, instead of spending 45 minutes reading the application you to us, to do
1: that, just answer some questions.
0: Think about, start collecting these questions that you get every year mm-hmm. and maybe spend more time explaining, you know. eligibility service again as i I said earlier
1: check yourself if you're seeing the same questions instead of going oh my god we have this technical systems workshop everybody's asking the same questions i'll be like well maybe (laughs) there's something that you can do in your process to make your job easier so that you're not now there's always going to be people asking questions that are, who are new and they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. But if you're consistently if people are always confused about eligibility or they're always confused about match or they have no idea what you mean when you talk about objectives then could be a time for yeah, for some some reworking of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just I there's there there there's a lot of good that can be done but there's a lot of time wasted on both sides of the desk on this one. Just yeah. saying.
0: Well, and I will say too if you're like how is anybody confused about eligibility? Eligibility oh, is spelled out a lot of different ways, right? Sometimes it's very plain to say, "We only fund 501c3 nonprofits and nobody else." Okay, but I'm not, that I'm not about is, that eligibility is yeah, we're talking about like the one I was on. Eligibility was a big question because it had to do with it was a funding for a specific county, but then the question is. Well, does my organization have to be located in your county, or can I serve people in yeah, your like county? Hill
1: county line, you may be serving a lot of people. Exactly,
0: from you county. know. And do does everybody I serve have to be in your county, or can I serve a percentage? Like, so none of that was spelled out. It was just like services for this county, but that could mean, a, can lot mean a lot different of different things. things. So, eligibility can be such a great area. And like you said, nobody wants to waste time putting an application together to get denied because oh, we weren't even eligible or even to be
1: to put forth a competitive proposal and, you know, I got yeah. lots and feelings about why wow, we got to be competing all the time. But in this case, it's like if you're really wanting to serve um, a grant rather to agencies that serve at least 60% of their, um, community, um, who are residents of that particular county yeah. let's just spell that on out i'm not going to be mad at you because yeah. if if, if this nice agency only serves 20 percent, we're going to have a nice day and then everybody wins we're not wasting time we're not wasting the grantor's time and it's oh, it's freeing space for other more county-based folks to come forward yeah. so absolutely um I would also say, I think we're up to number five now and feeling saucy. <laughs> we're also, we went to lunch today, and I think I had about a gallon of tea, and Amanda, maybe half a gallon. Yeah. So we're
0: caffeinated. We're punchy.
1: <laughs> and I just realized how fast we're talking. We're talking fast.
0: We had chips and salsa, too. So
1: oh, yes. all kinds of things. It was beautiful. <laughs> all right. So um, I would say, please, please do not dismiss the concerns of attendees. We've talked about this a couple of times, but it can even be, and um, the way you're answering questions again, yes. linking back to. I know you're tired of. You know, I am tired of explaining why it's unethical for me to take a percentage of any grants awarded as my fee, but I still do it because you know what? Until everyone understands, I'll just keep on doing it. Again. But the, sometimes the way, and I and I get, I, I mean, I can see both sides of it. And I know we're probably working with understaffed funders um, in some cases. But it's also, people are trying, they're trying to understand you. So I don't think anybody ever gets on a technical assistance call going, I know, let's really piss off the program officer. Yeah, <laughs> oh, That <laughs> That'll sounds get great, me funded you and me in the chat, let's go. I just don't think that's what's happening. But um and also it can be difficult sometimes to say when a process is, is, is maybe a little bit too much or you don't understand it. Technical assistance may or may not be the right avenue because you. it is hard if you're a grant pro, putting yourself out there going, wow, and you need this, these five pieces of additional documentation and a logic model and an activities grid and this and that for a $20,000 grant. Yeah. I've done it a couple of times, and it's never been a super feel-good moment. I was in a office, in a building, in downtown, and it was, um, it was a consultant-led technical assistance workshop where we all had to be there in person, which is a thought and feeling I will share next. But it was like that, the yeah. amount of documentation, and they had a new... Um, reporting system and they wanted this and that and this and that and this and that and I mean it was like an hour and a half of all these new things new things new things but they weren't giving out more money but it was and I was just like and so you want these things and these character limits in two weeks and but we have to answer all the questions and there was just this long pause and I'm like really glad I didn't have my name tag on but I'm just telling you sometimes you have to initiate things like that and they're like if you really want the money that is what you'll do and I'm like Uh. okay good to know and also I I mean it's that kind of attitude that is not gonna it's it's not gonna help anything no and I could not have been the only person in the room that felt like that and I mean we did get the money but that that it it wasn't a feel-good moment to be told because we said so. Because uh-huh. I'm like, you're not my parent. What What are we doing here? Just yeah. saying. Um, so, again, taking it seriously. And uh, just a, a tag on to that. This was several years ago. Obviously, pre-pandemic and whatnot. But now that there's every technical kind of... I mean, there's Zoom and all sorts of... There's Google. We use Google Meet, right? I mean, yeah. all the time. All the time. There's free stuff. There's paid stuff. And... I'm not clear on why now you still want to make people come down in person, especially all you're going to do is read some PowerPoint slides and maybe answer some questions and maybe talk down to some people. I mean, maybe, maybe that's just your bingo for the day. Talk down to potential grantees. I don't know. But um, why not, if you're going to have this live, why not at least, at the very, very least, give a virtual option? And not just social distancing because that will ebb and flow as things ebb and flow gas prices hello mm-hmm. and time away from work yeah for example if you live in the Atlanta area and you were being it was mandatory that you go to a downtown um, private foundation and you are... An hour north of the city, but it's still part of the city, right? You would qualify for this grant. So that's like an hour in traffic. Oh, for me, it'd be over an yeah, hour. I, yeah. Yeah, exactly. For you, it might that's be closer similar. to an hour and a half. And then you're going down there. You're spending the time. You're driving back. They're not validating parking. You could be gone a half day or more mm-hmm. for an hour and a half. And it's like, why, why do we need to? And then when, when it's like, oh, well, we want to encourage collaboration. That's why everyone has to be here. I'm trying to hit the table. I I, I have attended one um, uh, technical systems training that was specifically to foster collaboration. Like you yeah. came out of that workshop either with a collaborative partner or with firm plans based on a like uh, directed discussion. Yeah, and I think it was Home Depot and and oh shoot. Anyway, a, a nonprofit agent, another nonprofit agency. So that was very clear. Mm-hmm. But most everybody else, they're not necessarily fostering collaboration. Um, instead, they're making agencies compete with one another for the same funding, which they will always tell you is super limited. I respect that. But it's like making everybody sit in a room is not necessarily going to in, uh foster instant collaboration no because we all got stuff we got to do it's like maybe you don't need i mean thanks for the biscuit and tea but mm, you know we, let's you know just thinking of that i'm thinking we don't need to go back to the way things always were just because they were that way
0: yeah very true um I, i'm gonna go back when you were talking about you know taking our concerns seriously mm. I, I had a funder again this is one of those i used to in a previous job applied to Multiple, you know, every year we'd apply, and every year at the workshops, which they were, they they usually held multiple workshops. In good, if they were in person. This is years and years, it's years ago. Like it's cool, but, but it's... they had multiple locations throughout okay. the area, okay. so you could find okay. uh, hopefully one closest to you. So, I mean, so they did a good job and all that, and I did appreciate that because they would have all of their people there, so they had multiple grant program officers. Okay, all nice. of them would be there, so you could get your questions answered well. But they would always open it up at the end. Are there any ways that we can make this process better? And, of course, the first year I didn't say a word because, you know, I don't know this funder very well. But as I started to get to know them and think, okay, these are reasonable people. My complaint about this one was they had two funding, basically, applications. If you had a year-round program, you could apply for the year-round funding, which meant a report once a quarter, and two, a site visit at the beginning. like
1: calendar year or academic year? I'm just curious. It was
0: according to their fiscal year, okay. which was July 1 through June 30. Okay. Which is common. Which is, okay. So, but those, again, four quarters of reporting, two site visits. It, it was more work because you're getting more money and it's for a year round, right? Or you could apply for their summer program, okay. which was only on one side. report at the end okay. and only one site visit because it's only... a Two Or three months for the work, but there's a big but. There's a here's, big the, here's the but. And it all I'm glad you asked the question about it was because of the dates. Because their fiscal year started in July, um, they would only in their summer program would only fund things in July and August. So if you were going to start your program in June, guess what? SOL. I had to every year apply for year round funding, and it would be I would fund. July and August of this year's summer camp and June of next year's summer camp and then if I applied again I would get July and August for the following and so I had to do three of my reports were no activity because we weren't doing anything it was at the summertime and we had to have two side visits instead of one which took hours of my day and the program officers and so i suggested to them i love the idea of this summer program it makes sense mm. it's great anytime you can reduce stress and work on everybody's part it's a beautiful thing but you know summer starts for most summer camps when school lets out which is after memorial right after memorial day. so we could in Georgia, a bit of here in Georgia, yeah. So, but they were like, yeah, but it's just in line with our calendar, so no. That, okay. Every year, it was not even like, let us talk to somebody. I mean, it was just dismissed out of hand every time. And, you know, maybe they had worked on it, and it wasn't, I don't even know. But it just was so frustrating that it was like, y'all are trying to do a good thing, but really, no, you're not helping anybody because and unless... Your, sh-
1: your only other choice would be, okay, I'm just going for two months of funding of that program, and then where's the other month
0: Exactly. From?
1: Yeah, so it was... So not necessarily a failing in technical systems, but a fail a failing to recognize that there was maybe an issue. Yeah.
0: Well, if you're gonna, I feel like if you're gonna open it up to questions and you truly are wanting to make things better, then at least think about or you know give me a better answer other than just oh we can't do that. <laughs> so I kind of felt like. Or no, it just
1: doesn't align with our calendar. Here's an idea. Maybe don't offer grant cycles that cross your, I mean, you know, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm I'm Promise, I'm not trying to get, well, I am. It's just, I'm in my, I'm in my zone with that today. But it's like,
0: uh, well, and I've also been on on an online one where it's one of those where it was like, you were talking about like, you have to submit this and this and this and this. And someone was like, man, that's going to take a lot of time to put this together for such a small amount of money. And the funder came back and said, no, you should be able to do it in two hours. Yet clearly they had never done their own application because there's no way, even if you had everything at your fingertips, you could put together their Excel spreadsheet application through oh SharePoint.
1: God, I know who this
0: is, and I'm not feeling any of that love anyway, from anyone. And so it's again, it just as the funder, it can be very easy to be dismissive yeah. of your applicants, and I'm just saying, don't do that. That's just or if you're what it,
1: it's, but yeah, but it's also that I. Using my words, I'm not clear on when I have ever completed a full grant proposal, start to finish, including attachments, in just two hours. Yeah. Uh, LOIs, yes. Online, sort of, especially those contesty ones, which I also have thoughts and feelings about, but not in this podcast. That kind of thing, sure, but not a soup to nuts full on grant application, unless all I was doing was changing the numbers from last year, which also wouldn't be a very good way to do a grant application. So I'm just yeah. saying right off the bat, that tells you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that tells you they need to talk to grant pros like us. Absolutely. We're offering our services. If you want to pay us to vet your proposal for time, if we want to do a time efficiency analysis,
0: hit us up. Yeah. Come find you. us on Facebook. We help you out. Hey, speaking of time, here's one for you. (laughs) (laughs) Do not make the workshop longer than it has to be. I've attended two-hour workshops that should have been one. I've attended four-hour workshops that could have been done in two. But, Amanda, you know it's there to
1: foster networking between (laughs) agencies. You know it's there for your own good. You know if we put you all in a room and make you compete for the grant, it really increases the likelihood that you're going to partner up and share resources. Sure,
0: especially when the whole four hours the funder's talking at you it's fantastic it's lovely so all i'm just saying is if it needs to take four hours i'm down with that but typically they can usually be cut in half in the amount of time again when you're spending a bulk of it reading your powerpoint slides your rfp your application just boring
1: is it boring to you the presenter too i would think so i'm just going out on a limb here even when i when i present and whatnot I, I mean, I have a, I have a general guideline. <laughs> Some days it's more general than I was. But no, seriously, I know the points I'm going to cover, but I'm not going to read you even everything on the slide. I'm going to hit the high points, share an anecdote, take a question,
0: and move along. Moving on. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, you just need to be cognizant of the fact that your time is just as important as your grantee's time. Yeah, so everybody's time's important. It is. It is. Which leads me to point number
1: seven please pretty please por favor please baby don't offer contact information if you are not going to return an email or a phone call related to the grant application just don't i mean it sounds harsh but it's like just don't dangle that out there. I don't tempt me. It. Don't tempt me with the idea that I might actually reach a human, either on my screen or on my phone. And then it's like it's like a bad dating experience, almost. Yes. Don't ghost. You're, you're do ghosted. not ghost. No. Do not ghost us. Do not ghost us because we're, all we're trying to do is make our application better, which should make the funding agency's job better. Yeah. Just.
0: Yeah. Well, because I don't, it doesn't matter how fabulous your RFP is, how great your grant workshop is, there are going to be people with follow up questions that they didn't think to ask during that workshop. They don't realize until they're into the nitty gritty of putting something together. And there's nothing worse than going, oh, I need to know the answer to this. And so you reach out to all those contacts and crickets for days. And you, I mean, I start to panic. It's like, okay, what do I do if I never hear back from them? So true that uh, my worst story about this was I um, was on a grant workshop for a huge funder who um, they had just finished designing a new online portal for their applications which I applaud them for fixing those. I'm grimacing because I know um, this. Um, and they shared this one of those grants at email.com. You know, it was generic, <laughs> but they were like, rather than giving you, you know, rather than you trying to reach out Fair. to the right person, we will all be checking this. They said it more than once. We guarantee if you email this email address, someone will respond within 48 mm, hours. One size
1: fits all. Mm, only You only have to pay shipping and handling. Yeah, this is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Well... After the workshop, they were supposed to email everybody the login credentials. And I never got mine. So I sent an email to their generic grant email address. Grant at email.com. Yes. Um, yeah. 24 days later, they still hadn't responded to my multiple days. Days. Like Amanda. Days. Yes. Only with an S. Yep. Not, not forget 48 hours. We're like 24 days in. Um, needless to say, I was not a happy camper. For that and a lot of other reasons, we ended up not applying. And listen, it's been over a year, and I'm still quick to diss this funder when anyone brings up their name.
1: (laughs) And again, y'all know, if Amanda is going to be disrespectful about something, it's really a big deal because she is the nice one.
0: Well, again, I'm like, you said you would email us logging credentials. It didn't happen. I followed your rules. I emailed that. And not only that, I emailed anybody I could find. I did I left... I tried to call, but a lot of voicemails were full. no one ever got back to you. Uh, Finally, the big agency head got back to my client. Okay, fair. This was something else. I mean, the whole reason they came back, because it was an invite only, they came back and basically said, oh, oops, our bad, you shouldn't have been invited to begin with. That's why we didn't get it back to you. I'm not going to sing the evanescent song, but I am thinking it right now. Oh, my word. Nope. Nope. Talk about, but I mean, again, every day the inch closer to that deadline. I was like, my client expects me to submit this. We need this money. Oh my gosh, I can't even, I don't even know what the application looks like other than the few, I mean, they showed mm-hmm. us on the screen, but it's not like I took detailed notes because I was going to get the login. Oh, that's a sad, sorted. that's a lot of other things to unpack. But all that to say is if you give an email address answer said email address please I mean
1: that's just please. a good that's just like good life advice in and you general. may not even you may just be doing laundry right now or folding laundry or in your car but I just want to say if you're going to ask open-ended questions or leave room for questions honor it <coughs> if you're not because either you don't care don't have time or there are no resources for it just have a nice day it's that's cold but I'd much rather know who I'm dealing with than spend all that yeah time absolutely um I guess it's follow through you know mm-hmm But I don't blame you. I don't blame you for all the
0: disrespectful because man, Dave got disrespectful. (laughs) Um, Number eight, please don't host a workshop without a decision maker in attendance because there is nothing more annoying than asking questions and whoever's leading it going telling you, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'll have to get back to you on that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to ask somebody else. I don't know. I don't know. That's really not helpful, because to me, the most important helpful thing is the Q&A, where you can you get start the, And you the get the gritty. answer then. Yes. Yep. So, if you don't know how the program works...
1: If there are... I mean, sometimes, though, and to be fair, I'm trying to be fair yeah. here, there could be people who are asking questions that are either so convoluted or so incredibly detailed and specific yes. that there's not a clear-cut answer. Okay. But... Like for regular standard eligible, eligible, mm-hmm. blah, 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 eligibility yeah. or other kinds of things there needs to be that, yeah. that How response. many
0: awards are you expected yeah. to get? What's the average award? In a year or there, or what,
1: what are your trends? Yeah. I know that every year is different but you know is it or yeah. if you look at trends can you give us an idea? Are there Five hundred applicants for three grants. This would be good things to know. Oh, absolutely. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah. So if you're if you're a funder and you feel like it's important enough for grantees to spend some time with you in nope. your workshop, nope. then you need to have the right people in the room to help to answer, answer these questions. questions.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of Q and A's, I would also say. Um, given a choice, again we're we're circling back because we're just still awfully hurt and bothered about <laughs> about the whole reading stuff and reading the, off off the the PowerPoint word for word for word. Um, allowing more time for Q and A, maybe again addressing the key points first, trying to head off. Because I get it, you don't want to be like, well, can we can we. Send in five applications for different programs to the same. I don't know why I'm using that voice, <laughs> but you know, can we send in five different applications um, from the same agency for the same program? Some programs might say yes. Most of them are going to say no. I, I know you're going to get questions like that. And I yeah. know you're probably like, wrong, wrong, but it's also a chance to change the RFP, a chance to highlight the, maybe you do open it with Here are the FAQs that we get every year. We're going to yeah. hit those first. We're going to hit the deadlines and then we're going to allow more time than we think is humanly needed for Q&A and then have if you're if it's online, have someone running the chat and the Q&A who is yeah. not the presenter or rotate. It's not it's not hard. It's okay. We've all done it and it makes for a much better experience for you and for the attendees, right? Because then and it's true. If it's a big, big competitive thing and that and the, and the chat is just running like a river, it, people will ask the same question more than once. But if you have someone in that chat, maybe they can, you
0: yeah. know, help well, mitigate. When questions are asked more than once, too, I think it's because, one, maybe the answer wasn't as clear as they would like it to be. So they're looking for more clarity <laughs> like you with your three questions. It could be. I mean, I've had. Had that moment where you go five minutes before the workshop, like maybe it's an early morning one, or you did something else. Like I'll go to my computer is normally already plugged in and up and on all the time, and I should just have to be able to put in my login. And um, you go, and your computer is updating, or it's oh, sweet off, or who knows what has happened. And it takes you longer to like you thought you had saved oh, the fair. link, so you got there late. You know, yeah, maybe asking and, and when they their response is, like, oh, we've already answered that. It doesn't help me, you know. And I, again, I know I know we need to be on time. I'm not d- dismissing that, but at the same time, if someone asks again, take the two seconds it takes to answer, so everybody's clear. Because then you're going to get a better proposal yeah. in the long run. And there' are also, of course, there are ways to,
1: particularly online, depending on the platform, there are ways to save the chat. I know I've done that. I did it that day. I had to ask three different times. I know I, I felt like I was in a fairy tale. Yeah. like you, know, you to get to get past the troll on the bridge, you have to ask you have to answer three riddles or something. But having, the, having the, the small but important technical knowledge to do that, or explaining to people how to do that, or figuring out a way to pin things, just anything, To help that along because, or in a live session too, those questions are just going to come up and just finding, allowing maybe either, again, allowing for more time, or as I have said multiple times, also using it as an educational opportunity to improve things that might generate those questions to begin with. But Amanda, I have a question
0: for you. Well, real quick um, if you are the three fairy tale quote, the answer is Rumpelstiltskin, by the way. I just thought I'd throw that out there three fairy tale quote. Okay.
1: You're right. (laughs) That was his name, and he got all mad. Oh no! Okay, anyway. I'm back. So what's I have your a question? What's your oh well, wow, wow. I was back in the storybook time. I don't know. <laughs> I was safe and happy. Um, so I have a question for you, Amanda. Yes. Do you have feelings about mandatory grant agency sponsored workshops? Am I am I feeling? Am
0: I hearing something here? honestly as long as they give me enough notice for the meeting so i've got the ability to attend i'm really okay with them being mandatory like i know some people are like oh i can't believe they're making me go um because i'll be honest whether they're mandatory or not i'm gonna be there if at all humanly possible so that's just me i i don't have any problem with them being mandatory and i get why they do that too because this probably as a funder this probably helps you head off the thousands of phone calls and emails you're going to get about the same questions over and over you can get us all at once hopefully answer most of them so I'm I'm okay as long as they're respectful of my time and the, it's a well run workshop. But I'm okay with it being mandatory. Yeah, how about you? I'm actually I'm
1: laughing because I as 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 much bitching as I've done today, uh, I will go to your workshop. I will attend your workshop time. every single time. And sometimes I'm just attending it just to get that special mad feeling. No, I'm kidding. I'm attending <laughs> it because I will learn something every time. But I'm attending it because I've also done this for more than years now and um i know and i'm not afraid to get in and ask questions and ask the same question again and ask for clarification oh, yeah. well and i just i feel like they're trying yes they're giving me something i'm gonna try and be there but it could be so much better for all of us it could mm-hmm. be so much yeah. more improved.
0: well and you've mentioned collaboration i will say when they used to be in person the thing i liked about it Was being able to look in the room and see like, especially if it was like a a first time I've written a grant. If I saw somebody I knew in the room, you bet you I was going to connect with them. And my first question is, have you done this before? Hey, do you mind if I call if I have any questions? So, but now what I typically do is, you know, usually on Zoom and those other things, you can see who the participants are. So I go ahead and look and see if I recognize any names from any other grant people. And if I've got their email or their, you know, cell phone number, I'll shoot them a text or an email and Which just is, say, hey, so, see, you're on the same one. Have you done this before? You know, it's it's the same thing. So it's thing. kind
1: of like you're asking for technical assistance from workshop attendees. From someone, just
0: from someone who's that. been there done that. Absolutely. And it's not the
1: same as collaborating. I'm not faulting you for that. But for all the funders who are like, we foster collaboration by putting everyone in the same room. No, you may be... Um, giving folks who are resourceful like Amanda a way to get extra technical assistance that they're yep. not getting from you.
0: Yep. <laughs> like, okay, they said it would take two hours, but this doesn't seem realistic. And they can say, <laughs> no, it normally takes me 30 hours on a good day. So,
1: yeah. So. Well, and really the bottom line to all of this is that the grant or grantee relationship should be on equal footing. We all know it's not. Well, know there's lots of history, there's lots of marginalization, there's lots of issues, and yes, the funders have the money, or at least they take care of the money, although some of them act like it's their own money, and it probably isn't, um, but nonprofits, local governments, tribal nations, hospitals, schools, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they're the ones doing the work and they're the ones set up to receive the funds that the funder legally has to distribute at 5% of the value of the assets from the previous year. And do I think that's really low? Uh Uh-huh. But I'm just saying they could not do their work without you. And I just would love for us to be able to change the conversation a little bit. And there are many funders who are coming around, but there are many who aren't. Yeah. And a lot of this change would just come about by some of the things we're, we're, we're talking about today, by speaking up, by holding up the issues and addressing them. But, you know, they may have the money, but you and your agency or your client do the work. So I say it's a fair trade. And so let's just yeah. enter that discussion that way. And the only way that's going to happen is if we start naming it and talking about it yeah. and,
0: and doing, taking steps for change. Well, and since this has kind of been a how not to, let, yeah, let me fair. say that to make it a fair trade, my ideal grant workshop scenario is this. The funder offers multiple workshop dates. And I get, that means I get to pick one that works best mm-hmm, for my busy mm-hmm, schedule. Mm-hmm. They have given me a start time and an end time what? that's that's also frustrating when it's like it starts at 10 and you think okay it's an hour and three hours later you're still there and you're like whoa wait a minute so they give me a start and an end time especially like when it's less than two hours um i like when they have an agenda and they stick to it that's that's very nice because um, that way i kind of know like hey, these are the sections I know I really need to pay attention to. Um, I'm okay with them sharing the highlights of the application, but they're not reading it. Instead, I love when they share like, hey, here's the things that really trip people up. This is where we've had issues in the past. I like when they share our typical award amount is this, and that they give you an idea of how many awards they're going to be made. Because if they're like, oh, we're only giving 10, and I see that there are over 100 people on this webinar, I'm like, okay, it's gonna be. We got some competition going on, and I got some recommendations to make. Yes, um, I also love when they leave plenty of time for questions and answers at the end, and I especially appreciate when they give thoughtful answers rather than telling you just read the RFP and do what you think is best.
1: So, really, if we're gonna read the RFP and do what we think is best, why are you bringing
0: me in or taking exactly. me online for two and a half hours? Yep. I'm just saying. And I also appreciate the grantors who share both their direct email addresses and phone numbers. That way we have multiple means of getting in touch with them, especially when they respond to those things. So that is, if I could design the grant workshop, that is exactly how it would be. They just need to put Amanda and Kimberly in charge and all will be right with the funding workshop. Oh, tomorrow. yes, because we're super infallible. But, you know,
1: <laughs> we would make sure that there's plenty of tea and um, we would answer questions. We would answer questions. Absolutely. Um, I would agree with those sort of those ideal workshops and I would um, also want, the, want funders to add, and some already do this, if there's a way to give feedback about improving the workshop. Yeah, maybe they send out if again, if it's online, you can send out a survey. Will everyone fill it out? No, will only a handful of people fill it out. Probably what I fill it out. Uh-huh. Especially if it's just attendees and it's not, I mean, it could be anonymous. It's, you know, feedback for how we could do this better in the future. Yeah, kind of thing. Absolutely. I, would, I, would, I would add that to my list. It's like seeking, seeking honest respectful feedback in a way that does not intimidate a potential grantee because they might be afraid if they say something bad that somehow I don't think this is gonna happen, but somehow they will be on some sort of list they would know yep. of not being able or that to may apply. affect their application. Yeah, it could affect their, their competitiveness because they dared raise a question.
0: Yep. So well my hope is that maybe a funder or, you know, twelve hundred of them actually listen to this episode and improve their workshop process. But even if they don't I feel better after talking about it. <laughs> you do seem calmer.
1: <sighs> I think the caffeine high is coming. It's, it's coming a riding down. Riding down. <laughs> and venting is always cathartic, and I'm always here to listen and join in or occasionally just lead the whole thing and just, and just rant because there it's something that I do. <laughs> but um, I would love, if funders were listening, if you want to talk to us about this, we would love to talk to you about it. But I would also say for grant professionals, fundraisers, development directors, consultants, if you're listening in, if we each find ways to give that feedback, it could be at the end, it could be following up with an email, and you may say, well, that's pointless. Maybe if one person does it once every five years, it's pointless. But if we're all sort of bringing forward, hey, in the future, or hey, do you have an FAQ? Hey, can we do this that way? Are there online options Can you know to attend this or um can I watch the recording, too? Is it all of those, like, asking those kinds of, like, procedural questions mm-hmm. on a regular basis. If we all start doing that, then there may be, it'll start to maybe build a momentum so we could affect a little bit of change. Because I'm, I'm, I'm here for a good rant. I'm totally here for a good rant. Um, but also, it's good to rant get it off your chest, hold it up, look at it, examine it, and then think, what can we do? What are some things, what are a couple of things that I could do to help this process along? You may, dear listener, not even understand what we're talking about. You're like, every funder has a perfect workshop. You're in love with everything. Tiny bluebirds fly in and bring in your shoes every morning, just like in like Snow White or something. (laughs) That's magical and good for you. But for everybody else, just what are some
0: things that you could do? Those people, no Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs>
1: <gasps> you know Rumpelstiltskin, Didn't he, he spun straw into gold? He did. I wonder if he had a technical assistance workshop. <laughs> can he just? Can you just get the gold from him? Can you just Man. like, hey, I'm a five hundred one c three. Can I have gold? Or do you bring the straw?
0: Would he give it back? I don't know. Well, tune in for a fairy tale episode that we're probably not going to be doing next time. <laughs> um, and all of fundraising heydays, people said amen <laughs> they did
1: i heard it did. thanks y'all thank you for listening your continued support is the reason we are back for season five can you believe it please follow and leave a review of fundraising heyday on apple podcast um, on other platforms on your social media accounts if you like what you hear share it it's a great way to connect and it helps just hold this podcast up in the mighty algorithms of unknown and gets us to people who would like to hear it.
0: And also if you follow us on social media or our email address, fundraising, Heyday at gmail.com, we are starting to plan season six. So if you've got ideas on what um, we should be talking about in upcoming episodes, give us a shout and let us know. Thank you again to our Season 5 sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We so appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website at dhleonardconsulting.com to download their latest free resources today. We're so honored you chose to spend time with us today and hope you tune in for our next episode. We're talking with Dana Schuler drummond about the many career paths for grants and fundraising professionals. Because it's not all about going to
1: technical assistance workshops and writing grants. What? No, it's more than that. So See ya. Bye.